Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing great. And well, this is our 29th episode. Can you believe that? Oh, that's amazing. That's it amazing. Is. It really is. And we've put out a great deal of information and many accompanying techniques. I'm wondering how we can make the best use of the content of our conversations. Well, you know, Anna, you're, you're really posing um, a great question because sometimes we put, and, and I'm guilty of this myself, we put more effort into kind of perusing and collecting information and really ignore the possibilities of utilizing, you know, taking action with. You know, and I can't recall who said it. I think it might've been Leo Buscaglia decades ago, but the quote is, knowing and not doing is not knowing. And it really is, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, it seems to me that the gathering of information is most useful if it's directed toward improving oneself or helping one another and making a better place for all of us. Well, sure. I mean, information in the service of self or others, I mean, and, and also accurate information, you know, this is all an, all the ingredients for any change process, you know, whether the change is big or, or whether it's small. Yeah. And it, it really, you know, if you think about it, that's what's so compelling about why and how we started the conversations in the first place. You know, the pandemic forced so many changes and people were in such heightened reactivity and making the shifts to accommodate all those changes. It felt a bit crazy for many of us. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you and I have talked so very often about how the information in the episodes really goes beyond, you know, what we've been experiencing in the pandemic. It, it's really directed toward, you know, what's happening to me? What's happening to me in my life, in my relationships? And what do I have control over? You know, thoughts, feelings, you know, because there's a lot that we don't have control over. And then it's about being able to identify my reactivity, what's triggering it, and, and can I own it? And then we go from there to, you know, can I really be responsible for my choices? Do I know why I'm making certain choices and, and are they helpful for me? You know, and, and what might I do to support myself and others through any kind of difficult process? And other questions, you know, involve, you know, looking at my habitual patterns. You know, are they helpful? Are they obsolete? Are they hurtful? And, and what do I need to do? What's that first step that I can take that will move me in the direction of making things different, which is the change process? Hmm. Yes. When I let that sink in, these are real life lessons, you know, a, a gift to discover something about ourselves that we do when, when we're too busy and distracted to notice before. And, and maybe for some people, that information we have offered is a starting point for change. Yes. And, and, you know, think about it, you know, too busy, you know, too distracted, you know, that it's, it's like, what's going on in my life? What's going on in my life that I'm too busy to turn toward myself. I, and yet, you know, we're, we all, we're all guilty of it. You know, I don't want to make it sound like it's horribly bad, but, but it really interferes with the possibility to do things differently, you know, because I'm someplace else. I'm really not, um, um, in the here and now so that I can start a change process. You know, and it gets in the way of, obviously, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to be able to take action. 
Yeah, we know we've touched on the change process in a couple of our conversations, and I know we'll be delving in more deeply in our future uh, waking up episodes. But for now, let's explore how we can get it moving and what gets in the way. Sure. You know, let's start with talking about how we create a field of change. You know, and I use field as a, a really kind of an indication that there are elements that, that show up and that we can discover that highlight and energize kind of the need for change, the purpose of change, really our desire to change. And it's important to know what triggers this kind of awareness and how does it, you know, how does it become important enough for me to actually take action? You know, what vitalizes not only the desire, but then the capacity to make something different happen? You know, I, I remember hearing so often in the 12-step programming, you know, uh, when they talked about initiating, initiating change, you know, there was, a, there was an old saying, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll take the option to do it differently. You know, and this sometimes is that willingness that shows up, kind of moves us in that direction of action. So when things get bad enough, change becomes a good idea. Well, at least it becomes an idea. I mean, sometimes we frame it as good. Sometimes we frame it as bad, you know, but there are certainly internal and external influences that can excite or inhibit this change process. Um, a simple example of an internal influencer is, you know, um, uh, that we tend to be more energized when our thoughts are moving in a positive direction, you know, versus kind of the disruption of negative thought patterns. You know, we refer to this negativity back in earlier conversations as the aversion mode. You know, and in our conversations, we talked about how negative thought patterns really impede, really get in the way of the creative process of change. And it's important for us to really frame any change process as a creative process. Because when you think about it, we're creating a new way of operating in life. Uh, requires, you know, physical, mental, emotional, you know, spiritual energy to move it in that direction. And it is a creative process, creating new dimensions, hopefully more life-enhancing dimensions to our lives. This is a really different way to look at it. And everything has energy. You know, all of our input and efforts have energy, positive, negative, or, or neutral. Yes. And, 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 Let's start at the beginning because I often think of us as really living our lives in a tunnel of our beliefs and our conditioning. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean that, that it's bad or wrong. It's just that it's habitual. We don't think about it. Um, we're just kind of almost robotic in how we live our lives. It's usually from our backstory and it dictates you know, what we do, what we don't do. So the choices in our lives very often are based on old conditioning, you know, and the pull to change is very disruptive to this life in the tunnel, this tunnel life. Um, and as I've mentioned before, you know, very often we enjoy variety or some innovation in our lives, but real change is often resisted big time. Well, I'm curious about what instigates change. You know, it seems to me given my experiences, it can come out of wanting something better, you know, or a health crisis or to please someone else. Oh, nice job on it. I mean, you, nailed, 
you really you really nailed it. You know, and, and as I've said, you know, th there are internal and external influences or, or pulls for change. You know, oftentimes we recognize the need for change long before we take action, which is an interesting piece, isn't it? Um, there's a lot of resistance in the tunnel. There's a lot of kind of keeping us kind of pulled in place. And sometimes the situation has to become urgent or even a crisis before we become willing, become willing to take action. You know, this is that sick and tired of being sick and tired phenomenon. Yeah, almost like we're no longer, we no longer have a choice. We must do something and do it like now. <laughs> yes, you know, and, and even then, action isn't always consistent. I mean, there's some research studies of patient compliance with treatment for chronic um, conditions, health conditions like diabetes, um, asthma, cardiovascular issues, obesity indicate that as many as 90% of all patients with these diagnoses don't follow prescribed nutritional lifestyle or even pharmacological recommendations by their treating physicians. What keeps people from making the healthy choice? You know, I know personally, I know change is hard and it's difficult to stick with the plan sometimes. Well, uh, well that's right in, in many respects. You know, there are myriad of reasons why people don't take action. Some of them are very obvious, you know, and some um, are, are really not understood or, and, and it's mainly because they're unconscious. You know, so holding on to the importance of why we need to change can be really slippery um, or sometimes non-existent. Um, so it's important to understand that habits die hard. Uh, they have a life of their own. And it's our conditioning. I mean, we practice this over, sometimes over decades. So it's a pattern that's really anchored within us. And sometimes we also have what um, I call psychological gymnastics. There are innate psychological defense mechanisms that keep us from really understanding what the truth is. Things like denial. You know, very often people think denial is conscious lying. It's not conscious lying. It's an unconscious defense mechanism that really sets me up to be unable to see or admit to the issue at hand, you know, or rationalizations, you know, which are the excuses. And very often people really believe to a large extent the excuses they're using not to make changes. Or, or then there's suppression, which is kind of my way of burying or, or, or stuffing an issue. You know, all of these keep us prisoner to our unhealthy habits, our unhealthy choices, you know, and they're reinforced by years of conditioning and, and very, very resistant to change. You know, they, they reside in the unconscious, and yet they play out in our thoughts, they play out in our feelings, and they play out in our behaviors. Well, this reminds me of the psychological reversals you and I talked about during our tapping and change episodes. Well, exactly. You know, and we have blinders on um, regarding certain behaviors. And we're unable to see clearly, you know, what stands in the way of the realities and, and making the changes that really could improve our lives. Or sometimes we see the change is necessary, yet we create stories um, and the excuses, kind of the rationalization side I talked about, um, that, that really condone our inaction. You know, these can be conscious, they can be unconscious, you know, things like, and you're going to find so many familiar here. I know I do. You know, I don't have the time. You know, uh, it costs too much. 
I don't have the equipment or the outfit or, oh my gosh, that makes me so uncomfortable or I'm waiting for someone else to do it for me or to me. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You know, or I'm not going to succeed. I've tried it before. It doesn't work. It's not safe. I'm going to lose friends or family. I don't deserve it. You know, I don't know what to do or I know what to do, but I don't want to do it. That's a good one. You know, I've, I've used that very often. Um, or that I have to give up things that I like. Yeah, I've heard them all and said it quite a few myself. <laughs> yeah, and I have as well. I have as well. The point is that our thinking brain can justify the conditioning, the beliefs, you know, the, the backstory, even if it's flagrantly unhealthy, unless we consciously challenge it, consciously challenge it. You know, and we challenge it by inquiring into what's important to us, you know, by seeking the information, accurate information that breaks through the resistance. Know, that tells us the truth, tells us the real solid truth. And often this is initiated, unfortunately, by very, very critical and, and judgmental approaches. You know, we, are, we sometimes turn on ourselves and we get really mad at ourselves for the choices that we've been making. You know, we can be really ugly or um, shaming of ourselves. And sometimes this can kind of jar us from this habitual uh, sleepwalk, but it's not sustainable. You know, when we've talked about self-compassion and, you know, how supportive that can be, it's incredibly important in the change process. You know, and sometimes information, like what we provide in our conversation, our conversations really impact resistances, you know, because it's, it's, if the information provided is simple and straightforward, doable, so that as I hear it, I can say, oh, well, I could do that. Yeah, yes, which is why we've worked to keep things simple and straightforward and offer suggestions and techniques that are short and, and sweet and easy for people to do. Well, you know, Anna, I'm a believer, and I have been for a long, long time, in making changes incremental. You know, it, it's, it's really about um, starting small, setting it up so that it's believable and achievable, and, and really kind of moving those incremental pieces in a way that they build on each other repeatedly. You know, it, it, the question sometimes is, how do you take down a mountain? Or how do you eat an elephant sandwich? You know, we do it incrementally, one bite at a time, one piece at a time. You know, in small, when it's done repeatedly, when it's done consistently, can be enormously powerful. Yeah, start with incremental changes and then practice, 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 right? Yes, yes, yes. And one of the many resistances to change is collecting information and not utilizing it. You know, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes we can become complacent and focus more on kind of gathering, kind of like knowing a lot about it rather than using the information for right action. So it's about turning toward ourselves and saying, oh, yeah, yeah. And even that quote that I mentioned, you know, knowing and not doing is not knowing. Be able to say, oh, yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've been doing. It was useless unless I, unless I can invest it in right action. So how can we best use the conversations for the good information, Dr. Jane? Well, 
You know, Anna, I think we consistently offer information and choices that support the premise. Um, the change is an inside job. You know, it comes from the inside out. And, and our conversations have provided psychological explanations and scientific research to help us identify and, and give language to the experiences around thoughts and feelings and uh, body sensations and impulses. And the key is to take a moment and as we receive the information, to really inquire into ourselves, you know, is this relevant for me? You know, and, and how is it relevant for me? Um, what are my experiences, both past and present, really exemplify this? And then looking at, you know, choices am I making that keep me stuck? What exactly is going on that, that, um, that, that keeps me in a place that doesn't, isn't satisfying or isn't healthy for me? And this isn't to fuel any kind of drama. Now, that's not what we're looking to do. It's really to promote the experience of self-discovery. Um, it's through this kind of exploration that we have an opportunity to begin to formulate for ourselves, you know, where we are and, and what might be interfering with me being who I'm truly called to be. Yeah. And how are the techniques, you know, how do the techniques fit in? Well, as I say, we're starting with the inquiry um, and asking, you know, uh, who I am, what's important to me. By living within these aspects, you know, what's missing, um, what part of me is making the choices. And then it's the exercises and techniques that support us in the change process as tools. The tools that help us both maintain that present moment awareness so that I can gather the information, I can do the self-discovery, you know, the, the tools that help me balance and strengthen the energy system so that I can carry forth and, and really stay in the right action. And, and also it's about keeping the neural system calm so I can use the most sophisticated part of my brain to make solid decisions for right action. You know, and, and also to feel good about it. You know, that's also what the tools offer us, that I can maintain that positive energy and, and promote conscious choice which brings me out of the tunnel, out of the old conditioning, you know, especially when I'm resistant to that kind of negativity. You know, when I have tools that I can really put into operation that, that let that fade into the background, you know, or, or when it comes up that, that maybe I'm being resistant or when I lose my way or forget myself or forget what's most important, the tools help me come back, brings me back to that central point of, I'm called to be the best I can be. And here's how I do it. Yes, and, and the episodes themselves are aligned <clears throat> with certain aspects of the change process. They also provide information and tools, you know, uh, via suggestions or techniques. You know, Anna, I, you're absolutely right. And, and some of the episodes, like the gratitude and, and willingness that we talked about, the self-compassion, the acceptance, and also the courage, you know, are really meant to inspire. And inspire is, is where we get the enthusiasm and where we get the energy to continue in that, or I should say on that path of right action. It energizes the change process and really enables us that access to the connection with our best and highest selves, which always wants us to 
in that positive direction. Yes, and this is an exciting start to our next several conversations, our awakening series, in which we will continue to deepen into the amazing process of change. I'm so excited to get started on that, Dr. Jane. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. Until our next conversation. Thank you.